Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. We're going to turn this morning to the book of Isaiah, chapter 54. Isaiah and chapter 54. You having a good day, good weekend? Everybody well? Isaiah chapter 54, a passage of Scripture that has meant so much to us uh, in our journey here at Arise, a passage that I dearly love. And the prophet declared, Sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song and shout for joy. You who never were in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not suffer shame. And do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. I love this passage of Scripture. Many, many years ago when Jillian and I were just married, I arrived at my work at Open Air Campaigners in Odahu in South Auckland. I, I lived in West Auckland. I worked in South Auckland. And even back then, to get to this, the office at a reasonable hour, I would leave very early and arrive at my workplace in Odahu before 7 a.m. I arrived at my workplace, and when I got there, I went to unlock the front door and was prevented from doing so because there on the doorstep of our office was a large puddle of blood. It was about half a meter wide and about maybe 40 centimeters this way, so a large puddle of blood. And I was moved by it, and I immediately thought I'd better do something about this because my other work colleagues, and many of them were, were you know, people were going to arrive, and, and women and things like that. And I thought, I don't want a bunch of people to have to see that. So I went out, and I got the fire hose, and I got rid of the puddle of blood. And then I sat down at my desk, as I did every day, to have my devotions and to begin the morning. I sat down at my desk, and I was intending to read the Bible, but have you ever had a moment where you're trying to do something, but your mind is going in a different direction? And that's what was happening to me that day. I'd seen that puddle of blood, and, and in the time that I've worked in who I've got to admit, I'd already seen some pretty crazy things. I, I, watched, I watched a man trying to run away from a car that had, I don't know, this very heavy dudes inside the car. And the car wasn't on the road, the car was on the footpath, and it was mowing down, you know, letterboxes as it was driving down Great South Road in Otahu. And this guy trying to get away was literally jumping the fences of houses. Like, I couldn't even jump one, but I think the adrenaline was so coursing through his body that he was jumping these fences to get away from this car of heavy people. One time, I was trying to buy my lunch in, in the town square of Otahu and had to break up a fight in the middle of the town square between two ladies. I mean, it was just, just a hectic place, Otahu. And, and I, was, uh, I, I was moved by this puddle of blood that I'd seen, and I was sitting at my desk, and I'd seeing the, the dysfunction and anger and animosity that I'd already seen, and thinking about that puddle of blood and about what that represented and what had happened during the night that had made someone sit on that monument corner of Odahu and, and, and bleed that much blood. And I, I was thinking to myself, what are we going to do about all this? Because I don't know about you, I'm a choleric person. I can't see problems and then just get on with my day. If I see a problem, my immediate reaction is, how can I solve it? 
If I see a situation that needs mending, I immediately think, what can we do about this? And I was sitting at my desk and I was thinking to myself, what are we going to do? How can we turn this nation around? How can we see the the kind of pain and dysfunction and bitterness that is tearing away at the fabric of so many lives? How How can we reverse that? And so I was sitting at my desk, honestly, with my Bible in front of me, honestly looking for an answer. And as I was thinking about things that... I could do that, we could do. I thought, well, maybe we need better politicians. And I thought, well, that's a pretty hopeless cause. And and then I thought, well, maybe maybe we need more social workers. And I'd never want to uh, or or pull away from the amazing work that social workers do, but they're really trying to just clean up the brokenness once it's already happened. And then I thought, well, maybe we need more money in our communities. And I thought, well, that isn't going to necessarily change anything because it can just expose what's already in the human heart. So I sat there at my desk and I thought to myself, well, what are we going to do? And, and I had one of those moments that just came to me with absolute clarity. Have you, ever, have you ever had one of those kind of light from heaven kind of moments? And what happened for me is, as I sat there at my desk, I suddenly thought to myself that what we needed was we needed the church. I was a young guy just married to my wife and I suddenly thought what we needed was we need more churches filled with such love that that love echoes out the doors of their buildings and begins to impact their communities. We needed more people so alive with a sense of life and purpose and destiny that they, they invaded the hopelessness out there and said, there is a reason for you to live and there is a God who has a plan for your life. I began to think to myself that what we needed was we needed more people that were discovering the infinite grace, wonder, forgiveness, and redemption of our God and picking their lives back up again and thinking, I might have messed up yesterday, but there is still hope for my tomorrow. I began to realize sitting at that desk that morning that the hope of the world was the local church. I literally sat at my desk that morning and I wrote in my journal, I said, the hope of the world is the local church. That's what I wrote. And then I followed up and I said, and I will live for the cause of that local church. From that moment to this, it has been the number one goal of my life to build God's church, to see more people connected with the love of God, to build a redemptive community of people that can make a difference in the lives of others, to see people discover the God that we are talking about and watch the wonder of lives coming alive. The church is the hope of the world, you know. It is the only place in all the world where people of every different background find commonality together, where races and ages and demographics are united in a common bond of worship towards God. It is the place where dysfunction gets surrounded by function and people can see through the lives of others, how they can live differently. Listen, the church is not just a well-meaning social club. It's the place where the glory of God resides. Meaning that not only is it a naturally wonderful place, but it is a supernaturally transformative place. I make no apologies in declaring that I believe that through the power of God, addictions can be broken, that minds can be healed, that bodies can be restored that we can see change come to the lives of people. And no matter where you are in New Zealand, if you believe that, I need a louder amen. I believe in the church. I believe in the gospel. I believe in the power of God. If you do, give me a little amen out there today. And friends, it is that mission, that, 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 that cause, that thought that 
that drives everything that we do around here to rise. That, that possibility that if we build the church, we could see communities impacted and lives come alive and brokenness eradicated and we could see a nation that is truly blessed by God. It is that, that passionate belief that motivates all of our prayer and creates impetus to all our dreams and gives us a sense of imperative to our plans and our activities. The belief that a local church can change the world. Amen. We live in a world that has so many challenges. Anybody aware of that? We're just struggling with so many issues. We're trying to walk our way through an increasingly complex and, let's be honest, exploitive world where mistrust reigns, where relationships are breaking down, where identity is so hard to find. And as a community, I know there are some green shoots, but the reality is that we are depressed, we are anxious, confused, broken, addicted, and lonely. And through all of these challenges, like that bronze snake that Moses lifted high when Israel was being destroyed by a wasting disease, and he said, if you look at the bronze snake, you will be healed. And like that bronze snake of old, we find the reality of God and the testimony of Jesus. We find the church, as Jesus described it in better language, as a city set upon a hill, being lifted high by God, saying that if you see the Word of God, if you hear the commandment and the encouragement of God, there is healing for you and there is hope for you and there is a God and a people who love you and your life is not an accident and there is purpose for your journey and God is for you in every situation of your life. How many people out there just believe there are a lot of people who need to know the reality of the love of God in their hearts? It is this that drives us, team. It is this that causes a rise to continue to, to believe for greater things and that's why I love this passage of Scripture so very much. Isaiah 54 has been so part of our journey. As God speaks through the prophet Isaiah and says, Sing, O barren woman. Sing, O barren woman. You who are desolate, burst forth into song. You have never had a child. Get a different expectation. Put a new word in your mouth. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who already has a husband. God is literally saying it doesn't matter what your natural circumstances have been like, what your experiences may have been, what setbacks you may have encountered or what difficulties you may have known. God is saying get a different expectation for your future. And I don't know what your experience of God and church and community has been like, but I still believe in the promise of Isaiah 54. I have devoted my life to the thought that the greatest days for the church in New Zealand are not in the past, but in the future. If you believe that, give me a louder amen out there. And give your God about three seconds of praise in every location. Come on, go for it in your hotel room this morning. Praise your God. Jesus is the hope of the world. And we must burst forth into song and get a different expectation. I believe with all my heart that God ain't finished with Aotearoa. I believe with every fiber of my being that lives will be restored and marriages will be healed. Addictions will be broken. A young generation will worship their creator. And an old generation will weep for joy at the goodness of God. And if you believe that, shout amen. amen. He said, get a different expectation. In verse 2, he goes on and he says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. 
I just want you to know, guys, that every time I read that passage of Scripture, every time I read that verse, it just kicks something in my heart. That commandment from God that we should enlarge the place of our tent. God's speaking here to a barren woman, a woman that's never had a child. And he's like, you don't need a bed set, you need a 10-bedroom house. You don't need to think small, you need to think big. And listen, team, we haven't got enough seats yet. We haven't got enough campuses yet. We aren't reaching enough people yet. And God hasn't finished with His church yet. Come on, if you believe it, shout amen. We need to enlarge the place of our tent. We need to stretch our tent curtains wide. And I am personally so convicted every time I hear those words, do not hold back. Listen, rise, don't play it safe. Don't dream small. Don't have an achievable dream. Get bigger. Believe for more. Get a greater expectation. We have to get ready before God brings it to us. We have to add the bedrooms before the children are even born. Hello, we got to get a bigger expectation of God before God ever delivers it into our world. Don't think for a second you can deny the Word of God and wait until God blesses you and then change your song. Hello? We are not the generation of doubters. We cannot be the community of cynics. We are not the skeptics sitting back to see if God does it. We must be the group of people who believe God, that He is faithful to His promises, that claim Him to His Word, that rise with the spirit of faith and enlarge the place of our tent. Come on, if you believe it, shout amen. Amen. Enlarge that place. It is no accident this morning that I've elected to preach this message from Christchurch. I was scheduled actually to be in Wellington, but said uh, to the team on Tuesday after praying on Monday, I wanted to move uh, and, and have this Sunday morning to speak here from Christchurch because I believe that what God is about to do here in the city of Christchurch is very significant to our church's journey. I think it was about this time last year when while recovering uh, from a small surgical procedure, I found myself sitting on the front row here in Christchurch, and God spoke to me during the middle of Pastor Brent's message and said there is another thousand people on the way to this campus. So ever since God put that new song in my heart, ever since God put that new word over me, over us, we've been getting ready. We've been enlarging the place of our tent. We've been getting ready for the future of what God has. And now we are in the planning stages to build an Arise Center here in the city of Christchurch. I believe the city needs Jesus. I believe the church is the hope of the world. I believe there are thousands of people in our community right now, Canterbury, that need the gospel of Jesus. Come on. This is a city nearly the same size as Wellington. I believe that these two key cities have been given to us by God to have a North Island and a South Island impact. And we're going to rise together and believe for great things here in Canterbury. Come on, if you believe it, shout amen. amen. Our journey as a church community, and by that I mean from everybody from Whangarei to Dunedin. We have begun this journey for an Arise Center here in Christchurch, but I do want to give some context to that and just let everybody know it's not one of those things where you want it and buy it the next day. It takes a little bit of time to make these things happen. I, I want to remind everybody that from the time we decided to build the Arise Center, that we wanted a, a, a venue called the Arise Center, two years till we found the land, five years till it was built. Now, Canterbury, it will be shorter than that this time. 
We know a lot more about what we're doing than we did then, but it is not an overnight story. We have, we have now scouted out lots of properties. We haven't found one that has been like immensely obvious, but we are on the journey. We've begun the process. And by the way, we need about 10 to $15 million. So we, we, need, a, we need a few steps in this journey, guys, a few steps in this journey. And I want to encourage everybody here uh, in our church community to be in a place where you are actively praying. What do we need right now? If we're going to break open, by the way, by the way, it is not by accident that two things have happened in, in a separate, but I believe they're linked, that we've announced that we're building an Arise Center. And at the same time, the Arise Conference is maxed out in Wellington. And next year we begin Arise Conference here in Christchurch as well. I don't believe that they are coincidental. I just have this feeling like it's the time for Christchurch. I believe God wants to open the doors. This has been a key city in the story of Christendom in New Zealand. Hundreds of pastors all over this nation and world have come from the city, and I believe it's going to happen again. If you believe it, shout a little amen. This is going to be known as Christ's church city. Somebody shout amen. And as we're bringing a Rise Conference here to Christchurch, I'm believing God that it's going to be part of God opening up a much greater door for our church in the South Island. I'm so excited about it. But we want to encourage everybody in our church community that the two most needed things right now are prayer and resources. Let me be a little more candid because resources is like a cute word. We need prayer and money if we're going to see this miracle come to pass. We need to enlarge the place of our tent. We need to stretch our tent curtains wide. We need to lengthen our cords. Our cords, our cords in this amazing passage of Scripture speak always to me of our work in the community, that which goes beyond the tent. Any, any summer campers would know you have an edge of your tent, then you have a cord that is there to trip up your neighbor when they're trying to take a pee at three in the morning. Am I allowed to say that in church? I'm not sure, but I just did. It wasn't in my notes. When they're attempting to have a bathroom break at three in the morning and they're tripping over your piece of nylon that is invisible at night, the cords reach beyond the tent. That's our work in the community. And man, I have never been more excited about our church's ability to make a difference in the community than I am right now. Because as a church, we have taken the most ground in the last 12 months, had an absolutely amazing progress in our story. Now, the truth is, team, that there's a lot of conversation happening right now about the place of the Christian message in our nation, in our schools, in our national identity. But the truth is, guys, that while we see increased gang membership in New Zealand and pee addiction topping alcohol and one addiction after another and rises in prostitution, exploitation, and suicide, I'm not interested in having fruitless arguments about what the church represents. I just think we should get busy um, showing people that God loves them, that they have a plan, He has a plan for their life, that there is a reason for living, and that God can help them to rebuild their shattered life and find a new tomorrow. And if you believe that, give me an amen out there. I'm so excited about what we get to do through breakfast clubs. In the last 12 months, we have fed 25,000 meals 25,000 times. A child with an empty stomach got it full before they started being expected to learn that day. Oh, you are underwhelmingly appreciative of the, fat, the impact that that's had. Come on, if you have breakfast, clap your hands. If you've got more than enough, clap your hands.
If you can feed yourself and your shoes have no holes, you need to clap your hands. As a church, we need to believe that it is not God's will for any person to be in poverty in our country. That everybody should have a meal in their tummy. That is God's plan. And that's why I'm so excited that we've started three new breakfast clubs in the last 12 months. But in the next year, we're going to start another six. Amazing to see more and more schools, decile one schools, with the ability for children to have breakfast before they start their school day. Education is the silver bullet, and the food in your tummy allows a kid to concentrate. Man, we need that. We need not only that, but I'm so excited that we've, we've now been able to launch our first storehouse. Our storehouse is basically a, 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 exactly that, a place where we can store food and resources to respond to people in crisis when their need comes. Um, and we already have one now in the city of Wellington. We've begun a five-year journey to launch a fully-fledged Arise Care Center that will be open every day of the week to provide care and support and counseling and medical support and other needs to people in our communities. But I'm believing that over the next five years, we'll not only continue that journey, journey, but Arise, but storehouses will be established in other Arise campuses throughout New Zealand where we can make a difference in the lives of so many more people. We've been on a long journey as a church to be able to minister to those that are in prison in our country. And we've finally, finally been able to open that door. We start in the next few months in our first two prisons providing church services and support for inmates in our country. This is much needed. In fact, when James Duxfield, our community pastor in Wellington, met with the people who run prison ministry in New Zealand, this is what they said to him. They said, our entire team are in their 60s and 70s. There are not the people in our congregations to replace us when our time is done. We need somebody else to take this baton and arise. I just believe that God wasn't kidding. Jesus wasn't kidding when he said, I knew that you loved me when you visited me when I was in prison. The next thing that I'm so excited about is our work with refugees. We're starting training more and more people now to engage with refugees in our communities, to welcome people. It is a biblical imperative to Christians. Did you understand that? If everybody wants to shut the borders and turn people away, just remember whether you're right or left, that the Bible teaches you from beginning to end that your Christian faith is about welcoming what the Bible calls an alien and a stranger. We have better language. We call it refugee. But it is somebody displaced from a community now living in another community. And the Bible says we should welcome them. This was entirely done by the church in New Zealand until 2012. In 2012, the churches that were responsible for it no longer felt they had the ability to do it and gave that responsibility to the Red Cross. I have nothing against the Red Cross. I believe in the cross. I believe in the blood of Jesus. I believe in the Red Cross. But I just want to say that I don't think for a second that there are too fewer Christians to support 750 to 1,500 refugees arriving in New Zealand every year. And it is time for the church to be the church and to make a difference in the lives of our communities. And if you believe that, put your hands together and give your God some praise. Come on. Strengthen your stakes. This is our next commandment from this passage. We're not only to lengthen our cords, but we are to strengthen our stakes. Land and buildings. 
I personally was never a big fan of church building projects. Never. For those of you out there who are like, oh, church building projects, just know that I was part of your club until one day I saw an old run-down church building on the side of the road, and I said to God, see God, that's a church building that was built, but now it's not being used purposefully, intentionally. And God spoke in my heart and clarified. Do you understand God thinks about resources different than the way we do? By the way, can I just stop and just say to all of our church community, I was driving home from the office on Friday night and I was praying about 6.30 going up the Naronga Gorge in Wellington and God dropped a message in my heart that I believe is actually like a very important message. I'm going to be sharing it tonight. I've changed the roster. I'm going to be sharing across every Arise location tonight. And I want to encourage every person, even if you don't normally come to church, it won't be a long service, but it's going to be an intentional service. And I've got a message that I think somebody out there needs to hear but anyway, uh, let me just get back to my message. I saw this old church building and God spoke into my heart and this is what he said. He said, John, he said, that building represents a material seed sown in that generation that brought a spiritual harvest in that generation. That was a house of worship for that generation. If you'll sow a material seed in your generation, you'll reap a spiritual harvest in your generation. And out of that is how we came up with the one seat, one soul, one year for the Arise Center. What an amazing thing it is, and you'll get to read this next Sunday, that we have exceeded that expectation since we have opened the Arise Center. More people got saved in 12 months than there are seats in that auditorium. And we should take about 10 seconds and give God a great praise right now. Come on, I think you can praise your God bigger than that. We need, we need to build buildings. We need to sow material seed because we are going to reap a spiritual harvest. God is not finished with the church. There is a harvest that is right. There is a generation that needs Jesus. Our world needs the love of God. Come on, if you believe it, shout amen. So as a church community, we must continue to reach further. We must build land and buildings. That's why I'm so excited to have given to the Arise Center, why I'm so excited to be giving in this year's expansion offering, because we are sowing material seed, and every time someone gets saved, I get to say I had a part in creating that revival. Hey, listen, there is a link between seed and harvest, right? Between sacrifice and glory. We believe that, don't we? We haven't stopped believing that in the 21st century, right? That God responds to our giving of our lives to Him, of our time to Him, of our resources to Him. Hello? And I believe that God's got a great plan for us. I, we're in the middle of three incredibly exciting building projects right now. The first, our, our amazing building that we own in Whangarei is being renovated for the glory of God. And for that to be not only a building that blessed one generation, but that blesses an entirely new generation. In Carpety, we have sold our building and we are currently searching, getting closer, by the way, to the right building in the right location on the Carpety Coast, which once they open Transmission Gully is going to be an incredibly fast-growing community of people. And we're so excited about that and the Arise Center here in the city of Christchurch. This is where the majority portion of our expansion offering goes into helping us to take ground in land and buildings. But the Bible also says that in verse 3 of our reading, that we will spread out to the left and to the right. And next year, we're going to start a new campus of Arise in the city of Palmerston North. We're, yeah, come on, give God some praise for that. The Palmy Army. We already have a life group in Palmerston North. 
We will begin gatherings in Palmerston North in the next few months. And I believe that this campus is going to enable us to reach so many more people with the love of our Jesus. Our ministry school is a core mandate of what we do here at Arise. God asked us to raise up a new generation of leaders for the Church of New Zealand and beyond. We will spread out to the left and to the right. We've already begun this year our night school in Wellington. It will start in other campuses in the following months and years. And we are going to raise a new generation of leaders. And our expansion offering helps us to realize that goal. We are all about building the church in New Zealand and around the world. And through our expansion offering, we are able to bless pastors in New Zealand. We're able to sponsor pastors and church planters to attend a RISE conference. We're able to, this year, support the work of Lifehouse Church in Japan. I shared about this in a, a sermon a couple of weeks ago. But I believe that Japan needs more than 213,000 Christians for the 127 million people that live there. And we're going to be part of that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The band can come and join me in every campus. This is an exciting time for us as a church community. Arise is right now probably in the greatest season of health that we have ever known. I know you can see them here in Christchurch, but please look at me. God is not wanting us as a church to back away. Our life groups here at Arise have miraculously grown by 20% in the last 12 months. We have seen God's hand of blessing move in so many different ways. Our attendance has grown by 15 to 20% a month over the last year. For now, through this expansion offering, we are getting ready for the greatest season that our church has ever had. We want to see the Church of New Zealand strong and vibrant. We want to reach people no matter where they are. We want to see Isaiah 54 fulfilled in our time. I believe God's got greater days ahead for the church. If you do, shout amen. I believe that God is getting ready to pour out His Spirit upon Aotearoa in a greater way than we have ever seen Him pour out His Spirit before. We're preparing as a church to reach more and more people with the love of Jesus. We are preparing to build new buildings that give glory to God. And I just feel like God is saying to us, Arise, that we need to lift our expectation. We need to burst forth into song. We need to get a greater belief that our God is for us. Come on, is there anybody out there that believes in the cause of the local church, in the power of our Jesus, in the testimony of the gospel, in our ability to impact the world for Jesus? Come on, if you do, why don't you give your God some praise wherever you are right now. Come on, stand to your feet together this morning, church. It is my confident belief arise that we are going to see the greatest season of our church in the days that are to come. I believe that we're going to stand in awe of God's goodness. We're going to watch Him breathe upon our nation and say, Lord, surely you have done the most amazing thing. But right now we're going to join together in prayer. And we're going to believe as a church community that our Aotearoa will be blessed, that our church will continue to flourish, that we will see everything that God has asked us to do outward in our time. And here's what keeps me going, guys. Here's what keeps me going. Do not be afraid. You will not suffer shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. And I just want to remind everybody today that God started it and God will finish it. That God is the one building it and we're just working for Him. It's not on our shoulders, it's on His shoulders. 
We're not looking to us for the miracle. We're looking to Jesus. Come on, we take the bread in our hands. We've got the 5,000 in front of us, but we break it as we look to heaven. And does anybody still believe that God is able? God is on our side. Come on, if you believe that, put your hands together and give your God some praise right now. Jesus, you alone, you are able, you are worthy. You are seated in the highest place and work miracles in our generation. Come on, church, do you believe it today? We're going to pray, we're going to pray, we're going to pray, and then we're going to sing in every campus. Our God is greater than all things. I asked the team to learn this song for this Sunday. Maybe you're hearing it for the very first time, but as we begin to sing it in a minute, I want you to lift up high your hands, and I want you to get a new song in your spirit. I don't know, maybe you've been in a season of setback, but don't you let that define you. Maybe you've been through difficulty. Just understand that's something you walk through. It's not a place that you identify yourself with. Hello? And we're going to pray right now as a church community, and let's believe. Let's believe together for greater things. Let's believe for greater things. Is anybody with me today? Let's believe for greater things. Come on, let's pray together in the name of Jesus. Our God, we gather before you this morning believing that you are able, that you are worthy. And Lord, as we declare your promise over this group of people, I pray, mighty Jesus, I pray, mighty Jesus, that you would fulfill Isaiah 54 in our generation and in our community. I'm believing, oh God, that we would see the church built in our generation stronger than we've ever seen it. Let it be a light upon a hill. Let it be a city that cannot be hidden. God, let your testimony reach our generation. God, awaken us to you. Breathe hope and faith. Release everything that is needed. Lord, we see, we see our land covered with the love of God. We see miracles happening. We see the broken being healed. We see a turnaround in our nation. We declare your promise over every life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And if you believe it, give your God some praise. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor John Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at arisechurch and at johncameronnz.